And so he, it was this brutal, brutal technique of forcing me to become my own guy and really just begin to sit and notice what's going on in your experience. I, I like tearing down the whole concept of meditation and you're just sitting and being with your experience and noticing. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share new and different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Our guests come from many different and diverse backgrounds, and the one thing they all have in common is a passion for gratitude. I'm Julie Boyer, a gratitude and gut health expert, and I love showing you different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Hi, my friends. I'm so grateful that you're here for this episode of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. This is the last episode before I take another break. I wanted to make sure that I took a break before I got into a burnout situation. And this podcast episode is the perfect one to do just before I have a little bit of a pause. In this conversation with Marcy Donnelly and Michael DiPietro, authors of The Inside Guide, you will get so much beautiful guidance on meditation, on how to quiet that voice inside, on listening to your intuition and following those nudges, and of course, some beautiful gratitude practices, some that you might not have heard of before. It's not often that I have two guests on the podcast at the same time, and these two guests had such a beautiful synergy with me and our conversation that I'm just so excited for you to listen in. Before I share this interview, I wanted to say thank you to all of you who have been listening to the podcast for the past three and a half years. This is not a goodbye, but a pause for now. I didn't want to leave you without anything, so I made something special. I've created a brand new gratitude habit tracker just for you. I'll link to it in the podcast show notes. It's a simple gratitude tracker that helps you to learn new and different ways to practice gratitude. We're not just talking about gratitude journals here and how to infuse gratitude throughout your day. For those looking to have a tune-up in their gratitude practice or who want to deepen their already existing practices, make sure you're checking out the Gratitude Habit Tracker and download a copy for yourself. I'll miss you, my friends, and I'll miss talking to our guests as I take this little break. I have one little favor to ask. Make sure that you're following or clicking on the plus button on your app so that when I do release a new podcast episode in a month or two, you'll be the first to hear about it and you can listen in. Thanks friends. And let's get into this wonderful, beautiful, aligned interview with Marcy Donnelly and Michael DiPietro, authors of The Inside Guide. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I'm welcoming Michael DiPietro and Marcy Donnelly of Loving Presence Embodiment and authors of The Inside Guide. Good morning, my friends. Hello. Hello. (laughs) I am so happy to have you both here. This is different for me to have two guests on the podcast. However, when I first connected with Michael and Marcy, 
I knew right away that there was this beautiful synergy and real great energy between the three of us. So I was so excited to do this podcast. Now, for those who haven't had a chance to meet you yet, I'll give a brief introduction. So for over 20 years, Michael DiPietro has been guiding individuals and groups to authenticity, fulfillment, and life's purpose. He has a BS in engineering and a is a certified master practitioner of neuralistic programming, NLP, a martial arts instructor, skilled bodywork meditation teacher, and has spent time in both Buddhist and Benedictine monasteries. Through his extensive training and deep intuition, he guides clients and readers to truly know themselves, transform challenges, find meaning in life, and live with purpose. Marcy had has a 30-year career in finance and is a senior vice president at a leading financial institution. She specializes in process improvement, communication, facilitation, and project management. She studied at San Jose State University, is certified in Six Sigma Design, and is a Reiki master. She has a passion for helping others, leading volunteers for local PTAs and other youth organizations, and both Michael and Marcy live in the San Francisco Bay area. And here we are, we're, we're just in a beautiful moment of connection. And I love starting the podcast, hearing a little bit about your story. I know I gave kind of a brief overview with that introduction, but Michael, why don't we start with you? And if you could kind of expand a little bit on the story that, you know, you shared in your bio. Sure. Um, I guess, you know, I consider myself up to, I'm, I'm 58 now, but up to about age 30, I was pretty spiritually asleep. Um, and then I had a pretty powerful experience around 30 that really burst me open from the heart space. And what started was a, a lifelong process at that point of really living a lifestyle of doing the inner work. And, uh, having to face a lot of things that were going on in my internal life that I never really dealt with. And so as I kept working with that process, um, I had a strong calling to work with other people and to be of service and to do healing work. And so I just kept exploring different modalities and, and working with people and trying to be more effective in what I was doing. And then concurrently with that, my own process of just continually challenging my edges uh, challenging my own wounds and uh, things that were getting in the way from my past. So it's just been kind of an ongoing journey. And through that, I've, I've just kept adding tools to my toolbox and and really committed myself to this as a lifestyle, that this this way of being conscious was how I wanted to live my life and that I was going to make a career out of it. and. I've been able to just help hundreds of people with the work that I do. And that to me has been the most satisfying part of the whole journey. So that's, it's, it's just been a, a <laughs> it's really just been life, but it's, it's been a unique life that I've led. And I never, I never wanted to work a regular nine to five job. I was always kind of a little more entrepreneurial in, in my focus. So uh, I just kept pioneering my own way and continuing to do the inner work and continuing to network and reach out and connect with as many people as possible. So that's that's how I got here. 
Uh, there's a lot in what you just shared and we'll get into more of it as we go through the podcast. But before I give Marcy a chance to tell a bit of her story, I did have one question for you because you mentioned you had a spiritual experience that sort of set you on this path. Do you mind sharing a little bit more about what happened, what that turning point was for you? Sure. Um, again, it was right around age 30. So almost, almost 30 years ago. Um, and I was at a, a pretty low point in my life, actually, because I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do or understand my path. And I've always been pretty good at just following the calling. And like, I get a, an intuition. And I'm like, all right. And so I, I had this call to go down to Sedona and just spend time alone in the desert. And uh, I went down and I was, uh, there's, there's a number of what they call vortexes in S- Sedona, which are kind of energy centers. And so I just was on one of those vortexes and meditating. And it was just a strange feeling of a presence. And weirdly, I mean, it was, it was kind of stereotypical, but it was the clouds and the, the God rays coming through. But I felt the presence and it's something burst my heart open to the point of just tears of joy. And as I started to weep those tears of joy, the the rain clouds started dropping little drops of rain on me at the same time. And I just felt this oneness with everything for a moment. Um, and so it was, it was really powerful. The irony of it though, is that, you know, you think you've achieved something at that time, but that's actually just the beginning. That's, that's when the work really starts. <laughs> so that's, oh, that, I can that's, see that. Yeah. Yeah. That really set me on my path though. That that was kind of the the kind of the the initial experience that really got me into this work. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I've got goosebumps from your story. So <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Now, um, Marcy. Okay, so let's talk to Marcy for a little bit. You come from a totally opposite background and I you know remember asking you know how did you get connected and all of these things with Michael and you seem like you're just from two opposite ends of the spectrum so tell us a little bit about your story because you are from finance but here you are really connected into the spiritual world as well yeah thanks Julie um I read a book when I was 18 and I remember reading uh Marianne Williamson a return to love cover to cover and uh, got this message of, um, you know, the only true thing is love and everything else is just an illusion. And uh, at that time in my life, I'd already tried meditating and I was kind of into metaphysical, you know, the crystals and the 80s and all the cool, cool stores and uh, and retreats and and uh, and things that be were starting to become more popular um, back then. And so I've had this this uh, connection with, you know, going inside and spirituality and feeling touched by amazing stories and tools that come in and out. But it really seems like I kept um, living a a great life and having lots of opportunities and ups and downs and challenges, um, you know, as everybody has kind of growing up in your in your 20s and 30s. And I am married with two kids. And so once you get kind of in this different lifestyle of parenting and community and um, all the commitments that come along with that, um, my spiritual practice would kind of wax and wane. And it seems like I would get into this, I would go to a, a retreat or a conference and I would get really centered again and have that, we call it the mountaintop moment where you feel like 
peaceful. Like I got this. I could achieve my goals and live like my best, brightest life. And then I come back home and it's like all the journals go in the, in the cupboard and, um, you know, my, you know, all my tricks and tools get put away. And then I just kept feeling like I was chasing something and, you know, I've, um, I just always felt, and it was really the point when I met Michael five years ago, I just felt like, gosh, I have, you know, my health, my family, you know, a nice safe place to live. My kids are well, uh, you know, I have a job that's reliable and I have this great life, but it's like, there's still something missing. And I didn't have like a trauma to talk to him about at the moment. And um, I had a cousin who introduced me and said, I think you'd really like working with this guy. And, and I was kind of trying to figure out like, well, what's my big problem? I just you know, this little gnawing sensation that I've had, you know, for most of my life like that, something is missing. Um, I, I didn't think that that was really the the place of breakthrough, but it, it truly was. So I uh, I sent an email and had an appointment. And within the first, I would say, like five or 10 minutes of talking to him, I just had this breakthrough that really what was missing is me, is me really connecting to who I was meant to be, um, my life purpose. Um, you know, I kept looking outside for, and I told them, I said, you, you, there's nothing broken here because I've spent thousands of dollars on books and courses and, and tools and tricks. <laughs> I said, and I still, I get that momentary feeling of like love and peace, but it's like, I'm a person, I'm a relationship person. I, you know, like I said, I have a great job. I have so much to be grateful for and have so many opportunities. But looking around, I thought, gosh, you know, I couldn't put my finger on it. And so that's really what started my deep inner work um, that's really brought me to this magical place. And that was, uh, that was through our first, our first session five years ago. Marcy, I resemble that comment about, you know, doing all the courses and the programs and the you attend and you watch the movies and you read the books and you do the journaling and you're like, it's still something still not aligned. So um, I'm still working through that myself. And, you know, I do ask that question. It's like, you know, what am I missing? Like, why am I not living up to my potential? And, you know, I just need to keep trying to do more and trying to find the thing that's going to make it so that I finally, you know, make it. And I never believe, no, I believe that there are no accidents in life and that the two of you came into my life at this moment for me. See, this podcast really, there is a lovely audience that's listening, but I often think it's really just for me. (laughs) And I feel, you know, I was looking at your work, Michael, and I was, you know, looking at you talking about the meditation and the flow of love and your four-step process and everything. And I was like, this is, I think maybe what I am missing. And it's this, and I, even though I know that the more I try, the more I force, the more it's not going to happen. Like I understand that. But to live like that, like I hear that in your story, Marcy, it's like you knew, but you you weren't yet living it all the time, right? You have those mountaintop moments, you have those moments, but you're not living it. And then this beautiful connection you made with Michael has allowed you to live like that more often, would you say? Absolutely. I mean, that's 
I, I talked to Michael after a couple of years of working with him. I'm like, do you still have those moments? Like, am I, am I going to be like on the mountaintop meditating with my eyes closed 24 by seven and nothing will ever bother me? He's like, no, it's, it's, there's, it's the, it's the balance. It's the, you know, there's yin and yang, there's dark and light. And so, but what happens is I get triggered and I just then rebound much faster with much more intuition. And I do that by going back inside. And that's why I love this book because we kept talking about everybody's journey is different. So how do you write one manual for when it's really an inner experience? And so it's, it's like I said, it's not that affirmations or this one tool is going to work for everyone, but it's, he's taught me to just continue to go back inside and that's where my answers lie. And I mean, even this week, I had a little dip on something and it's like, gosh, okay, that's what it's about. And I just rebound much faster and with a deeper understanding and they're getting more gentle and uh, it's, it's really lovely. It's, it's amazing. Before I say anything more about the uh, ups and the downs, Michael, did you want to add something about this, you know, this connection that you two made, this work that you're doing? Um, I just... I feel so much joy and love when I hear Marcy talk about that because I've gotten to not only witness it, but play a role and just like the work we've done together. It's, it's just been phenomenal for me because I, I really couldn't have gotten here alone. And when, when you meet someone and the collaboration works and it works beautifully, um, that's something to be grateful for right there. Like, Oh my gosh, I feel, blessed every day to have this woman in my life and to be working with her. So um, I, I think that she's what Marcy's talking about there with the ups and downs is just so important for everybody to hear that it's, it's not about achieving any state and sustaining it, but a constant focus on being conscious and noticing what's occurring. You know, we're, we're not, we're not supposed to be perfect. We're, we're all perfectly imperfect, you know, and, and the more we can just embrace our humanity and be okay. If I get triggered, if I'm in an off moment, it's, it's okay. Like we're still whole and complete. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Those words, there was so much in just a small, a few sentences that really are transformative words, right? The the fact that we are already whole and complete and perfectly imperfect. And what Marcy was saying too is this ability, you know, you build this resilience, you bounce back more quickly, you don't get stuck in the the reality of the imperfect life that we live, you know, here on earth as human beings having, you know, experience in a physical body, right? And um I was really thinking about, I've been getting a lot of, so you mentioned how you get those nudges and things. And I've been getting a lot of nudges around meditation, which I have in my own life. I've sort of gone back and forth with meditation and and tried different types of things. And I know it sounds, I'm sure people ask you this question all the time, but I feel like I want to get better at it. And I, I feel like I'm not sure if it's like, because I need to go in a specific direction or need to try something different, what kind of guidance would you have for someone like me who knows, you know, has been and had some decent meditation, but just doesn't really know how to like build it as a practice? Mm. Um, 
consistency is really important. Yeah. Um, so when I first started meditating in my 30s, um, I set up a little corner of my room and my cushion. I was really regimented and disciplined about it. At the same time, I was sitting for 30 to 40 minutes at a time every morning. Um, it was it was hard. Let me tell you, it was hard. And I'm not a disciplined person by nature, but I really committed to the practice. And through that, it be I had a, a teacher that kind of helped me, but everything I would ask him, his answer to me would be just sit. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, yeah, but am I supposed to come? And he'd say, just sit. And so he, it was this brutal, brutal technique of forcing me to become my own guy and really just begin to sit and notice what's going on in your experience. I, I like tearing down the whole concept of meditation and you're just sitting and being with your experience and noticing deeper. Like this morning in my meditation, I, I, I sat on the couch, you know, I wasn't on my meditation cushion. I was just on the couch and uh, the gardening people were making noise outside. But I was like, oh, okay, this is a moment where I can just become present. I can just notice what I'm experiencing here and drop in and be present in this moment with whatever is occurring. So some people, for some people, they have an active mind. And so the mind is getting in the way, right? And these thoughts and I'm kind of, but what if that's not a problem? What if that's just your orientation, right? And it's like, the more you just set, okay, my mind's running. Well, who notices that your mind is running? Right? Who, who's the noticer in that yeah, the equation there? And then we can begin to notice that there's a part of our awareness that isn't the thought or that isn't the emotion or that isn't the sensation in our body, that there, there's some, they call it the objective observer, where we can begin to get some perspective on the experience, right? And detach from it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I find that useful. Um, in the beginning of my practice, I was trying to really just be in the observer all the time but as, as we move forward, we're both the experience and the observer, right? We're observed and observer. And uh, there's really no separation, but it's useful in the beginning to kind of get into that separation a little bit, get into some objectivity, some distance from our experiences so we can detach or decouple a little bit and just, just get sometimes a breather. And as we learn to do that more, and we just keep sitting there, a space begins to arise where it's just like for a moment, maybe everything's okay, you know, and maybe everything calms down and maybe just for a moment, you're not thinking or not, like for me, it's emoting, like my thoughts don't get in the way, but my feel, you know, oh, the emotions of it all sometimes are, are my, my uh, challenge sometimes or Sometimes it's it's the body and, oh, I have pain in my body and, and it's uncomfortable to sit still, right? So, but if we sit through those experiences, they tend to calm down on their own. And then we find that there's just, 
kind of a spaciousness or a ease or a, some people might feel it as a sense of flow or just uh, being in the moment, but it's, you know, it's hard because there's no language for it really. Right. And we try to point to that in the third part of the book uh, where we bring people more in touch with that mystical center of themselves. Um, but everyone gets there a different way and everyone might experience that place in a different way. Um, for some, it might be communing in nature, right. Or, uh, you know, a moment when I'm watching a sunset and suddenly I just felt this, this peace and this presence. Um, so, um, I think meditation is the tool. A lot of people think it's going to be the end all be all, but it's really just another tool in our toolbox to this this presence within us that's inside of you, that's inside of me, that's inside of everyone. When, when we can calm down and just be okay with everything the way it is. I was going to mention, Julie, that for me, um, I've always lived from what I call the neck up. I've always been a processor. I have a computer processing brain and task oriented and it was through meditation and now through a yoga practice that I get quiet and really connect with my mind and my body and what Michael has taught and what we talk about in uh, the second part of the book is that's really like where if you could quiet your mind, your unconscious has an opportunity via your body to kind of express things that maybe you weren't aware of. And sometimes it's a little message that floats by in the middle of quiet time and um, other times it's just quiet time and other, uh, you know, even a week or so ago, I'm sitting there on my pillow and, and my mind chatter is going. And it's like, in the past, I would sit there and judge my mind myself. Gosh, mm-hmm. you can't quiet down your mind. What are you doing? But now I just notice like, gosh, there's your mind going, Marcy. There's your active, your active chatter because that's, and my mind is amazing. My mind comes up with solutions and organizes things and helps, you know, write spreadsheets and and so it's just the it's just the it's part of the process and it's part of how I work and instead of using that criticism to try and keep motivating me to do better now I just accept that that's how I am and honor it and but through the regular practice of sitting quietly um, if you're afraid of the word meditation (laughs) sitting quietly (laughs) is okay too there's some pretty magical stuff that comes up um especially if you're a brain processing type person um, or have active an active brain and uh, it's hard to settle down it's connecting to body is so powerful Marcy you and I are definitely kindred spirits I <laughs> noticed that from the you know when we very first met so Michael is good for both of us absolutely <laughs> um I am I definitely have a narrator I've and I noticed it Years ago, I have a very, very present narrator, like constantly. So it's learning and understanding. And actually doing a podcast has been very helpful for the narrator because in order to be a good podcaster, the narrator has to be more quiet in order for me to listen and to be able to continue the conversation, you know, with my guests and being attentive to what they're sharing and being present in that moment. So in a way, podcasting has actually helped me with that, that inner narrator and monologue. And I really like how you said, I like how both of you were not saying it has to be done this way, because that's what I asked you. But both of you very, very kindly said, it isn't about one way. And there are many ways to do this, and it all can help. So 
I hope, you know, our listeners hear that as well, that maybe have struggled with this meditation or quiet time and hear the benefits that both of you have shared about creating this practice, just like anything, right? It's a practice and maybe looking at new ways to kind of go back into that practice. So I appreciate that for me and I'm sure the listeners as well. And we've mentioned a little bit about your book uh, in our conversation. The book, again, is called The Inside Guide. And is it, how many parts are in this book? Because you mentioned, you've mentioned sort of referred to little parts. So can, um, maybe Marcy, you could just tell me how the book is, how the book is set up. Well, I'll tell you from my perspective at the highest level, I always frame it as mind, which is part one, body, part two, and part three is um, is spirit. And that's really like at the highest level. But Michael, do you want to talk about the questions that are answered in each of the parts? Well, we, so there's, um, each part has a lot kind of going on to it. So we, we tied together a lot in each part. So the first section is called finding answers. And like Marcy said, it's the mind. And we have a guiding question to go along with each part of the book. And the guiding question is a bigger life question that isn't meant to be answered right away, but in unfolding. So the first one to go with your mind is who am I? And really understanding the identity, not just who we are authentically and spiritually, but also identity structure and how we can create even a false identity in our mind and how to unravel that to be authentically who we are. So that's the first section. The second section is overcoming obstacles. And there we delve into the body and the unconscious mind and the link, how the body and the physicality is reflected in the unconscious. Uh, The guiding question for the second part is what am I? So it really looks at your physiology and how to optimize this vehicle, this unit, and how to run better as as a, but also how to begin to delve into the unconscious aspects and free up our body from a lot of the armoring, the the, the limitation that gets reflected in the body. And then in the third question, it's called living purpose. Uh, In the third section is living purpose. and, And the question is, what am I really here to do? And there we tie purpose to spirit as the the first two sections are about going internal. So it's the inside guide. But ironically, in the third section, we point people back outside because now you found your center. You found the core of who you are. There's There's no place deeper to go. At that point, to live your purpose in the world, it's about expressing that center out into the world. And we need to go back and and affirm that place. But it's really about now, okay, now I got to get out of myself. Now I got to get over myself. Now I got to go live that purpose out in the world and how I show up and how I touch other people and what I'm really here to do. So that's the progression of the book in the three section. Um, Kind of. A long, long answer there for no, that was super helpful. It makes me excited to read the book uh, myself and such great questions, like you said, that aren't meant to be answered right away, that we're always sort of thinking about. And it's interesting this whole conversation around identities, right? How 
our identities, our outside identities, the labels we give ourselves are constantly evolving and changing and growing. And sometimes it's the letting go of other identities that allow us to kind of move to the next step. That's what made me think, you know, when I was thinking about that question, I was like, yeah, it's that, you know, our identities are, some of our identities are, you know, more maybe a, a daughter or a son or a child or a parent, like that's more like firm identity, but things like like I've completed three Ironman triathlons, but I no longer consider myself an Ironman, right? Because that that body, that person that did that was so long ago that I just, that identity no longer, I just no longer feel like it describes me. So I'm excited to dive into the book. So you've sold me. <laughs> so <laughs> that was easy. Uh, and I think it's a good, a good time, you know, for those that are listening to this, when it's released, you know, we're going into, you know, the summer season and sometimes it is a good time to slow down and take some time and maybe, you know, do the work that's guided through the book. So is there anything else you want to add about the book? There, Marcy or Michael? Yeah, I was just going to add, and this is kind of the balance that I love in the way that Michael and I wrote the book is, Um, It was through conversation. And so the feedback we've been getting from readers is that it's it's easy to navigate through. So we have um, text and then we have exercises and some key concepts. And then where I was kind of being processed during some of our conversations, we kept that narrative in the book. And so um, that's for those of your listeners that think, oh, gosh, it's another it's another one of those, you know, self-help type books to read. Um, really, we almost we almost think about this. This book is like a journal because this is really, and it's we talk about in the introduction, like this is your story, um, and the stuff that works is amazing. If something doesn't work, then set it aside. And uh, but there's, I think, in terms of readability, and I've had, like I said, years and years and years of books and conferences and workshops. And and um, we really wrote it with the intention that anyone who reads the book gets something out of it. And hopefully, you know, like I've had through this work, an amazing transformation and reconnecting to myself. But, um, but I like the way that the book is structured. So it's something that you could pick up and read through and then, you know, continue to either just read the whole thing through or really stop and and uh, go through the exercises and process. And with that, we have, um, you know, some workshops and some online material as well. And we really want to build a community um, of, of some, we want to be there to support um, everyone who reads the book and start building that community with people like you, Julie, these, you know, like-minded thinkers who uh, really just want to bring our best and live wellness. We talk about wellness as a verb, not as a destination. So living that place of being well in our daily life. So it's not just that mountaintop moment that coming back uh, to what we call to the village that we practice wellness. And, And it's amazing that life flows and mysterious, magical things, synchronicities show up when you're really in your flow. And, um, and so I think that's what it brings to, um, to people that do this work. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that so much. Did you want to add something, Michael? Just a little bit. I think um, one of the, the unique things about the book is um, we've had a number of people said, wow, I've, I've never read a book like this because it's, it's not preachy in any way. So we're not giving any kind of advice, do this, do that. What we're really doing is asking some really powerful questions. And we're really 
the through the guiding process. It's the inside guide. So it's really what I do with my clients, but it's it's a guiding process for people to discover for themselves the gold that is inside of them. Right. And so everyone is valuable, everyone has worth and is a unique person in their own right. And so it's really a process to begin to discover your own inner guidance. That's really the breakthrough. And that, yes, I'm a guide. Yes, there's priests, there's gurus, there's there's people who can help us along the way. But at the end of the day, the answer is inside of you and you you are your own best guide. And that's that's the whole essence of the book right there. Uh, it sounds like a wonderful book and a journal, as you said, for to do this really, really important work. When we spoke before, you know, we talked about why the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, why gratitude? Obviously, there's these beautiful synergies and connection with all the work that you do around the meditation, around love, just feeling, you know, this beautiful, we mentioned about the law of attraction, all of these things. But what I'd really like to share with our listeners is what each of you is doing in your life that is a gratitude practice or how has gratitude influenced the way that you show up in the world? So Michael, if you want to share with us a little bit about your gratitude, that'd be great. Sure. I think um, a huge practice I try to do is noticing what is rather than what isn't. And uh, we have a lot in our lives and sometimes we think, oh, I, I need this or I need that, or I'm trying to get to this next place and we miss the goodness that's right there. Um, so I I look a big part of my relations, my my family, my friends, the people in my life that are able to give and receive love. Um, a number of years ago, I went through a process of kind of beginning to say, are the people in my life not only able to give love but to receive love? Is it a reciprocity? And as I fostered those relationships where the, where there was that reciprocity it became a fountain of gratitude to like oh my gosh i have these amazing people in my life and marcy and i's relationship is a great example of that i i'm grateful every day for her presence and for the work that we've been able to do together because i i know in my heart of hearts i could not have done this alone and so uh, it's it's really, um, I think, the people in our lives that bring the most gratitude. And yeah, you know, it's also a good life and having a roof over our head and being able to enjoy life. Um, for me, nature is a huge factor too. So I find a lot of peace when I just can get off the cement and get my feet in the dirt and walk in the trees or, you know, walk on the beach or something like that. And so those are my gratitude practice. I would say nature and relationships are the two. And uh, of course, spirit and, um, you know, some call it God. I kind of don't always like that term because it, some people um, have a sense of it, but when you say God, they, they maybe have a, conjured notion of what that means um but to me it's the it's the spirit it's the spaciousness it's the interconnectedness of all of us that's that's what i mean when i say god so that's that's something to be grateful for as well 
Marcy, you want to go ahead? Sure. Um, Julie, I'm a, I'm a, uh, every day sit down and write my things I'm grateful for in a little journal <laughs> type of person. And, uh, I learned about that practice through, um, the, the scientific proof that's out there in studies about, um, what gratitude could do for wellness and, um, in your psychology and, uh, but through this kind of spiritual work and like what Michael's saying is in the past, I would just sit down and, and I wasn't perfect with it by far. I'm still not, but I have a journal at arm's reach in the morning. There's sometimes when I would just jam out a list of 10 things and I really wasn't present with it. So like Michael was saying, I could see kind of the, the range of my gratitude practice. And it's almost a reflection as to where I am mentally, physically, spiritually is what is coming up when I'm writing my 10 um, things I'm grateful for. So it's a great check-in because you really have to stop and figure out like the, um, have that acceptance, as he mentioned, with what is. So if you could stop and really check in and through love, write down 10 things that you truly in your heart are grateful for, that it's not, it. where in the past it was just a mind practice of, okay, logically, what are things that I'm lucky to have? And that I'm lucky, you know, that, that I have people in such in my life, but it really wasn't kind of the spiritual practice that it is for me now, where it's a moment to check in and really put the brakes on, take some time. And just uh, for me, it's a documentation, you know, for me, it's helpful to write. Um, I used to have a practice at night when I would go to sleep and think about the things I'm grateful for. So for me, uh, taking the time now to really put a pause on my life and jot down all of the things I'm grateful for and have that practice is, uh, is really meaningful. I am also a writer of gratitude. So not that I'm surprised <laughs> that you and I both do that. Right? <laughs> but what you said that I think is worth repeating is this not rushing through the gratitude. It's like, why Why would we rush through our gratitude practice? It makes no sense. Rushing in life is what is how we have accidents. We make mistakes, we get hurt, we do all these things because we're rushing. And so why of all things would we want to rush through our gratitude practice? I'm speaking to myself as much as to you and to the audience. It just makes no sense, but we do it anyway. And that's because we're imperfect and we're always learning. I mean, I've been doing gratitude practices now for more than a decade and yet, and yet, and yet. And at the same time, I have to give myself grace and know that we are living this experience. And one of the reasons why the podcast does bring me so much joy is it's people like you that remind me of practices that I might've forgotten or ways that I can deepen my own practice or new ways of thinking about gratitude. You know, Michael, you said about, you know, you're in gratitude when you walk on the beach. I get up for sunrise every day. Even now I'm getting up at 4.30 in the morning and I go and watch the sunrise on the beach and I walk on the beach. And yet I sometimes forget to pause in gratitude. I'm caught up in, you know, my walk or looking for sea glass or taking photos of the sunrise, which is, I love, love, love to do. But there's that forgetting, just wait a minute, just bring yourself back to that moment. Just pause in gratitude and remember that there is so much to be grateful for. And, and a lot of times it is the things that are just there. Right. I mean, I do, I don't want to take it for granted that I get to go to the beach every morning. Right. 
want to ask you a question because um, as we talk about gratitude, it brings me in touch with that feeling. And I'm curious when, when, when you're having the experience of gratitude in your heart, when you're having feeling, what does that do for you? What, what is that like for you? For me, it's a bringing myself really to that moment and remembering that I have a body and especially connecting back to the, to mother earth, right? It's that's what brings me back to that connectedness, that feeling of gratitude. And then when I'm really thinking about it, I can feel it like emanating from me and Mm -hmm. sending it out into the, so much like what you said, actually, right. First I go inside and remind myself and bring myself back into my body and then a little while longer and I can feel it, you know, coming from my body out into the world and energetically sharing it with. I can actually feel it when you do that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so powerful. And it, you know, my friends, I, this conversation could go on for several hours. I really enjoy your company and I enjoy this kind of conversation where we're just exploring so many different things. So what leads me to believe that even though, you know, those that are listening right now, this is the last episode before I take a break uh, for my own mental health, for my own, um, to avoid being in a burnout situation. Again, I'm taking a break before, right? Learning that don't take a break when you already feel burned out. But it leads me to this knowing that the three of us will connect again. And there will be a part two when that is not up to me to say right now, but I, I know that there will be a part two of this conversation. So in the meantime, while the listeners anxiously await part two, where is the best place to find you on the web? I'll let you take it, Marsh. Okay. So the website is the best place to go for all of our connections. So it's www.loveguides.us. So L-O-V-E-G-U-I-D-E-S dot U-S because love is our guide and that's our place of center. So we're on, of course, Facebook and Instagram and social media. And, um, but um, you could, there's a link to purchase the book Um it's also on Amazon under the Inside Guide. Um, but we look forward to part two, Julie, and congratulations on um, this new adventure with um, with some time to refocus. Uh, so we'll all be sending you lots of Reiki and love. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So as we wrap things up, I'd just like to offer both of you a moment if you want to share if there's something about gratitude or love that you'd like to leave our listeners with. So Marcy, you can go ahead and and then Michael, you can wrap it up for us. Well, just thank you so much for this time. I mean, this is definitely a a divine connection and we appreciate uh, you hosting us. And just when you were talking about you know, the beach and the moment and, and, uh, that's the, those are those mountaintop moments. And that's, you know, our intention is that, you know, that we continue to build a community of people 
that could live that mountaintop experience through our daily lives, because I think that our world could use some healing and that we can also, um, you know, heal ourselves and our next generations that we're excited um, to work with. Um, but thank you. And that's the, so I just feel the love and the gratitude um, when each of you were talking. And um, I'm very grateful for this connection and the time together. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, gratitude is a feeling in your heart. And I really resonated when you, when you said it's coming out of me that, that I feel it's, it's like, not just a concept, but it really puts us in touch with our essence. It's it's a real core experience to who we really are as human beings. And I think, again, everyone gets there in their own unique way. And what I've experienced when I feel gratitude is it humbles me. It, it brings me down to earth in a way. And um, Let's me be human. Let's me be. Let's my, you know, my head might be in the clouds, but it it grounds my feet into the earth and it really grounds me into this body. And uh, it's again something from the heart space. So the more I think I would, I'd like to invite your your listeners to really focus in on their heart and their love and what's core in their essence about who they really are. And the gratitude is in them. It's in there for each and every one of us. And I'm so grateful for this connection and this time here. Because it's just been, like you said, really amazing to, to connect with, with our, our fellow travelers. <laughs> oh, absolutely. What a perfect way to wrap things up. So thank you again to Michael and Marcy, authors of The Inside Guide. Make sure you check it out on their website or on Amazon to grab your copy and start doing that inside work. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast to be determined when that will be. Thank you, my friends. Thanks for sticking around till the end of the podcast. I appreciate you. If you're not already following us on your favorite app, make sure you click on the check or follow podcast so you'll be alerted every time there's a new podcast episode. If you enjoyed the episode and want to help us grow, here's some easy things that you can do. You can leave a review on your favorite app. You can share this podcast with a friend and send it directly. And you can also share through social media. Feel free to tag me on any posts in your stories and I'll repost. Thank you to Paul Tedeschini for doing the post-production audio for the podcast. And one last thing, I hope you're choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.